Welcome to the Husky Hockey Podcast, your number one resource for everything college hockey, Husky hockey, NCHC, everything along those lines, we've got you covered. And it's just uh, great to see a return to form for some of our scores for the Huskies. We got Mietnin back on the score sheet. We got Bradzinski. We're going to take any goal Walker can give us. Right. So empty netter, I'm going to take it. It was a nice get off the schneid weekend. Uh, can we play CC every weekend? <laughs> I swear to God, when he shot that, I thought he missed the net too. I don't know if it got partially deflected and it's still winning or something, but like, like right in the shot, I was like, Ooh, I don't think that's it. And then it went in and I was like, all right, perfect. There we go. Three goal weekend next weekend for Walker. I'm calling it. Let's do it. Let's see it. <laughs> I'm Weldy sitting here with Andrew. We're going to go ahead and recap the uh, Minnesota Duluth series. And then obviously the two games at, uh, against Colorado college here and and then uh kind of head into the uh big tilt uh coming up against uh minnesota duluth and really big tilt along uh everything in the nchc as everything's up for grabs um uh, and you know whereas you know obviously denver north dakota positioning for for one overall uh you know that might not make a huge bit of difference when it comes to first round of the playoffs, but obviously frozen face off home ice last change um, is, is uh, kind of a big, big thing, but we'll get into some of those scenarios. You know, the tiebreakers, I, I tried to decipher that Andrew is going to get a load of that. Uh, but first let's hop on to Tuesday. So right. let's start there. What were uh, kind of your initial reactions um, after the uh, Tuesday game coming off of a, uh, just a bad sweep uh, against Omaha where uh, we just did not look up to snuff and uh, you know, Duluth also a little bit ticked off how, how they played as well. And uh, you know, I was really impressed with the overall, how the Huskies played uh, and it, it was kind of a bummer. We didn't, weren't able to squeak that one out, but overall I saw a lot of promise. So how did you kind of fare up with uh, Tuesday's game against Duluth? It was still frustrating. Um, maybe one of the more frustrating games in this schneid that I suppose we're not on anymore with the sweep of CC, but ending with the Tuesday game, that was a 10-game stretch uh, of 1-5-4 and four hockey for the Huskies. And this was a good, I don't know, bookend of that dry spell. Uh, I mean, they played better than they did in Omaha. Hard not to be any worse. For the first half of the game, I thought it was a lot of the same problems as far as a lot of perimeter, even more than half the uh, period. It seems like the uh, five-minute major that they got, the power play that they, they got, after that, which which was not a good power play, um, and I thought could have been a turning point in the game, but after that, it seemed like their game plan changed that we're going we're gonna to move in closer to the net enough of these enough of these perimeter shots F it let's let's do that and, and Fitzgerald's yep. goal obviously was uh, was a goal of that variety of the of the close in uh, goal and even Brett Larson at the end of the game said the first three minutes of that five minute power play was atrocious um, you know yeah, he didn't yeah. say that exact words but he he definitely made a point to say that you know we thought that could have been a turning point and it didn't look like it at the start of the at the start of that five minute 
Well, and it looked like it was going to be a turning point for Duluth. Every five-minute power play is a turning point in some direction. Either the team that is on the power play is going to score a goal or two or how many ever they can, or a team is going to kill it off, and that gives you a big boost the other way. And that looked like that was going to that was going to be the case for Duluth. And, yeah, I mean, so 46, 47 shots on net total. Uh, and uh, and Fanti saves all of them except except that one from Fitzgerald. No lack of chances from the Husky standpoint. And just the lack of finishing there. I think that's a game that you clearly outplayed Duluth. And with a lot on the line, frustrating that you couldn't get three points out of that and, and losing the shootout to boot. Um, it left a kind of a, a sour taste in my mouth, but yeah, but you, I agree. you're right. And it was, especially with that, when, when you say, you know, with all those chances and whatnot, it's, it, it was definitely one where I thought maybe Fanti got into the Huskies head a little bit where it, it, it wasn't any more of just trying to do exactly the same thing of what you're doing and, and trying to do something maybe a little bit more hesitate a little more to try to get him out of position. And that's just not going to work against Fanti. Yeah. And just the Huskies, a, a good way to put their, when they, when they struggle, a lot of times it's, and this is going back years, it's trying to be too cute. making one too many passes. I, I think we, we saw that uh, against Duluth uh, on, you know, odd man breaks, you know, trying to, to, to thread the needle to make the beautiful pass. Um, one too often they they did that sort of play and it, it does yeah. frustrate me because I think there's no such thing as a bad shot on net uh, and especially when you have such or possession edge that you did against Duluth just not being able to to pop in even one more of those 46 shots uh, in regulation um, uh, was frustrating but at the same time I'm, you're right that they played better and it was encouraging from that perspective um that they looked like a they look like a a good team on tuesday it just yeah i'm i'm used to looking that good and getting a w out of it and and this was sort of a you know this is part of that that 10 game slide of just not being able to put everything together in a 60 minute time frame but I'm probably being a little too pessimistic about it. I even texted you. My my reverse psychology worked because I predicted they'd drop one of these CC games. Um, mostly, I'm trying trying to psych myself out uh, and, and change change up the the mojo a little bit, and that and that definitely did work for the weekend. But you're not going to play a team like CC in the playoffs uh, or in the NCAA's at least the teams like Duluth is going to be, that's the kind of quality of teams that you're going to have to knock off and not seeing, I mean, the, the one win in that 10 game stretch was against Western's a, t- a tournament team. So it can happen. It's teams definitely capable and they definitely have the skill. It's just the, uh, that full effort and that, that has not quite been there, but we saw some good things on the weekend and, and hopefully that is going to drive them Going up to Duluth, got a lot on the line here. Still have that opportunity to uh, to host uh, playoff games uh, and solidify um, pairwise positioning. Lots lots to to play for. So there shouldn't yep. be any lack of motivation for the team. Let's see who uh, which of these two teams. Both, you know, Duluth has not been 
hot either in the last month, you know. Only two wins uh, in the month of February for them. So, uh, they're, they're not, and, and just two games over 500 at this point. Your, your preferred, your dream scenario of Wisconsining Duluth <laughs> out of the tournament is still on the table. Still uh, on the table. I mean, we've, it, there's some work to do, but it's still on the table. So, it's a long shot. Uh, college, college Hockey News has their uh, probability. Uh, matrix, I think they call it, uh, listed. And they do have the Wisconsin uh, scenario listed at a 10% chance right now. So you're telling me there's a chance. Hey, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, One thing that kind of stood out to me about that Duluth game is I I felt like the Huskies didn't make any major mistakes. And I think that's kind of the main reason why they were able to I mean, again, that's kind of it tempered a little bit by the fact that they didn't win. But, you know, that Omaha series was plagued by mistakes from every corner of the ice. Uh, and I felt like they really, you know, kind of kept things a little bit more simple when it comes to that up until when Fanti kind of got it in their head and they tried to get a little bit too cute with trying to get the puck past them. But, you know, I, I thought they did very strong um, overall you know, defensively, they can really neutralize Noah Cates up until obviously the shootout goal. Uh, I thought that he was very pedestrian, and you know, anytime that you're going to keep a guy like that off the score sheet, you know, that's you're you're going to get a really good chance to chance to win. Uh, you know, the power play, you know, and I'm I'm so happy that we made that change um, over the weekend. Uh, with with Donahue at the point on the power play and the fact that you know I have it down in my notes here that he made just a couple of really bad plays there on on the power play on on Tuesday and to see him I know he's kind of been a punching bag to really all of Husky Nation as of late but you know just to see him not on the power play and have the success the power play had you know against Colorado College yes of course we can make all the comments we can but you you play the opponents that you have. So it was, you know, it, it was, I was happy to see that change being made, but, you know, I just, I had a feeling that maybe there's some points that were left on the board because we weren't able to convert on any of those chances uh, because of, you know, uh, some miscues that happened with uh, Donahue there on the point. What's, who's your favorite Donahue? Seamus or Phil? Phil... He was the talk show, right? Was Correct. I know I'm. we're alienating all of our okay. Zoomer listeners because um, this takes me back to my childhood. But, yeah, I was day, gonna, daytime. I was, say, was, was Phil Donahue like opposite Ricky Lake? Was that kind of the same? Yeah, I'm daytime, you know, Oprah-esque kind of time slot. Yeah. My yeah. mom watched him. So I, that's how I remember. I mean, I think Phil Hartman did a good uh, impression of him on SNL. Yes. I think he that, did. That, yeah. Where he's like yeah. pounding the microphone against his head. It's great. You don't even really need to know who Phil Donahue is to, to laugh at that, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I might, at, at this point, I might take Phil Donahue on the power play uh, for St. Claude. Why not? Just, just kind of see what happens. I don't, I've never really watched any of those types of shows other than when I was younger, I watched Jerry Springer because oh, yeah. Yeah. that was the. The thing, I guess, at the time. So, well, afternoon so, TV is kind of a wasteland. 
Uh, and so mm-hmm. when you got soap operas and then like S- Sally, Jesse, Raphael, and oh, there's those kind of trash TV talk shows. So yeah, when, you know, when you're getting home from school at two, three o'clock in the afternoon, not much on, at least in those days. So yeah, that we had to, we had, we had no other, uh, other option. Although I did have, you know, the time slot when I did come home, usually married with children was on, uh, okay. they would have like a back to back. So I would watch some of those. And I, my parents weren't happy about it, but my mom also doesn't believe in censorship. So she was, <laughs> she was <laughs> kind of like, well, I'm not happy about it, but uh, I got to stand by my ground here. So I got the benefit of that. Yeah, I guess I watched a lot of those trash talk shows. Maury Povich watched a fair amount of him. And, oh, yes. Oh, I, wa- I watched Maury because, like, in college, I used to bet on Maury. Like, my roommate and I would bet a dollar on whether or not oh, like he was the paternity, the paternity test? Yeah. yeah there oh, you yeah. go. And didn't, exactly. uh, what was it, Steve, didn't uh, Springer's bodyguard or the main goon he had, uh, didn't he get his own talk show as well? Uh, I yeah, think I remember got, watching him. He got his him. own, and yeah, that was more of, I don't know, I don't want to say like a scared straight type thing, but it was, <laughs> basically it was like, I'm going, like, you need to get your life together, I'm going to yell in your face, and there's not a... There's not a bodyguard here to hold you back. So you come at me if you want to. I'm going to mess. You know, that was kind of, I think. the Don't shit. mess with the bull. You'll get the horns. Yeah, that type thing. Good stuff. But back to Tuesday. You know, I, 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 I was hoping for kind of a repeat of the previous Tuesday game against Duluth where, you know, we scored early in the third and we were going to pop another one in later in the third and and take that two to one victory. But unfortunately that didn't happen. And then uh, the shootout happened. Noah Cates came in beautiful goal, um, which I want to say three, maybe four times. Rennick has been beat with that same very move in the shootout this year. I know, I know it happened back to back earlier this year um, against a team. Ah, but how many times has he been beaten by the, Let's dive out and try to poke check it. Um, <laughs> how many times have been beaten by that? I guarantee that's the last time he tries that in any shootout at any level. I, I think he, it's, I it's think worked it for him successful. before. Yeah, yes. I think it was successful earlier this year, and then he tried it It's again one of those ones, though, that once you're beaten on it once and it looks as bad as it did, it then you're not, you're not going to try that again. He's not going to have too much uh, shootout. He's not going to have to worry about shootouts too much longer in his career, at least at the college level. I mean, this last yeah. weekend that that would be a possibility. So uh, we won't be able to see the, the that move again, uh, thank Christ. <laughs> I don't know. I don't mind it that much. It's like, oh, well, you're going to take a chance on it. You're going to look dumb if you do it, but you're going to look like a hero if you make it. And I don't know. I don't mind those risk reward plays because at the end all you can kind of do is laugh on it but i it's it's a a shootout it's a shootout i don't like yeah and i am not a fan of and obviously i don't have nearly the shot that you know these husky players do but i just i just feel you know noah cates came in with some speed and i think that's kind of the way you should approach shootouts and uh, I just feel like the St. Cloud guys just kind of lollygag, tried to pick their spots. And again, against Fanti, I don't think you got to get them moving. You can't Nothing. just stay there and then shoot at them to hope you find a corner or an open net. Not the biggest fan of uh, Brodzinski 
on, on the shoot on shootouts. Um, but that's neither here nor there. What I did want to, again, I... Well, I don't understand why we don't have Miller out in the shootouts, yeah. considering that he's probably had, like, seven breakaways and scored on five of them. <laughs> so now that I'm remembering, it, my, my memory is so toast at this point, I can barely remember the CC games at this point, much less that. But one point in the game that I thought was interesting was the, uh, shoot, the uh, penalty shot that Granola uh, gets towards the end of the first period. Um, oh, yep. Duluth is on the power play, just on the power play, I think in the first 30 seconds or so. And at the time I texted my buddy before they made any decision, I said, take the penalty rather than the penalty shot. Now I know that no coach is going to do that in that situation. Very, I mean, I, I, I don't think I've seen it where a coach has declined a chance to take a, power, a penalty shot and I get it. I think there is a there would be a scenario where you would do that. I would say like late in the game, where the, the other team's on a power play, so this would be an opportunity to to nullify a power play chance, and you're up by two goals or something like that. Uh, even then, you could still go for it. I think it's kind of one of those manhood like dick measuring contests. Like you don't want to you don't want to make it seem like you're scared of of it. It's kind of the same reason like why goalies are pulled so much earlier now uh, it's kind of like oh you don't think i can do it here i'll show you and i think yeah i just don't think a lot of coaches are gonna pass up the opportunity for a penalty shot so i get it even though i would have probably taken the power play but i i get not doing that but i was i was just disappointed that crandall didn't really put much of a move on on fanti yeah. and it was a pretty a vanilla cranilla move um, Ooh, we've like seen that. we've seen good moves from him last year uh, in the in the NCAA's gets the penalty shot against BU and yep. uh, and scored there uh, and so I was disappointed not only that they uh, that they didn't take the full power, the full power play but then uh, just didn't give a, a great shot there but I thought it was just an interesting because you don't see that sort of scenario where it is sort of a debate. Did you have any sort of take the penalty versus power play? I, I would very much uh, I did, believe I if actually, I'm the only one that would want that. But I actually forgot that was a choice you could make. Um, And then I thought about it for about a quarter of a second, and then I was like, take the penalty shot. Because my whole thought process behind it is you're playing to win. You're not playing not to lose. And I feel like taking the penalty is a completely passive defensive structure. And I don't think that shows that you have a lot of faith in some of your shooters. So I would say 99 times out of a hundred, maybe yes. Like you said, late in the game, if there are certain scenarios where you can, can do it. Or I'm sure the fact that it's Granola, he's gotta be one of your best options to take a penalty shot. If it's a guy like Spalacy, Who's going to take the penalty shot? Uh, I'd still do it. I'd still do it. You don't know what he's going to do. What move is he going to put out there? That's true. That's true. <laughs> the goalie's not going to know. Couldn't have been any worse than Cranola, what he decided to, yeah, his, exactly. his non-move. But yeah, I just wanted to bring that up as like a game theory kind of, well, you know, is there a, is there a, an opportunity where you would rather take the penalty shot or yeah. when, excuse me, when you'd rather take the power play? And I th- say, like I said, most coaches aren't, aren't going to pass up the opportunity for a penalty shot, but this was one case where I thought about it. Yeah. I, I felt like it was, you know, 
trust your penalty killers at that time. It's still early enough. Uh, but again, I, I don't like prevent defense. So I felt like, you know, if you've got a chance, especially late in the period to go up one, nothing, you take, yeah, you, you, you take your golden shot. And, you know, even though the percentages even still favor the goalie, I think it's like 30 some percent is a goal on shootouts or whatnot and penalty shots. It's that's worse than the power play numbers for (laughs) St. Cloud, but that's an anomaly. Yeah, exactly. It would be if so, if he would have scored there, that would have been a shorthanded goal, correct? Shorthanded and a penalty shot goal. I wonder how they would score that in the score sheet. It's got to be a rarity. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I like those kind of one-off. You never kind of see those types of scenarios. So I did want to bring that up. So other other than that, I don't think, you know, Duluth kind of looked, I don't know. Like like you said, I felt like that was a game, ugh, like to not get you know three points out of that, it was frustrating. And then not only that, to only get one, it's it, it hurt. But at the same time, I was like, okay, there, there's maybe this team is you know starting to get things a little bit together by not not having all of these mistakes come up over and over again like they did in the Omaha series. Because I thought overall they played a solid game, and that's what I wanted out of them is to play just solid hockey and I thought they did a pretty good job of that yes and I I agree with uh did Kate do you know if Kate's played against North Dakota previous weekend coming back from the Olympics because yeah I I I was surprised not to hear his name more often uh and that uh that penalty or the uh shootout goal obviously showed his his skills there but I thought they kept him in check St. Claude kept him in check pretty pretty well throughout the game and I was just wondering if he Still sort of shaking off some rust or uh, jet lag or, or whatnot if he had played in the, the previous weekend. But, uh, but yeah, he, uh, I thought that Biondi looked pretty good for them. He's a former Mr. Hockey, uh, and I believe he's the leading scorer, uh, Duluth. He did not. He did not play against North Dakota. Really? So this would have been his first game back. Um, so, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit of rust there. Um, yeah, like I said, uh, Biondi I thought was was pretty good. Other than that, uh, not not much offensive, uh, not much to to speak of offensively from Duluth. They get their only goal from Kelly, uh, a guy that doesn't score very much. Um, I so. was I was gonna I forgot I was gonna bring that up too, and I think you made a point on the last podcast or at least a previous podcast about these big goals that are scored against the Huskies by not common goal scorers. And that definitely hurt us against what was it? North Dakota or yeah, North Dakota uh, and Den- Denver and uh, Denver. The second game was the game winning goal was by their, some fourth line grinder. It's not my, what I call is the sore thumbs. This was more from, you know, watching twins baseball, but, when they're like, they're playing the Yankees and the Yankees would have like eight guy, eight all-stars. And then like their backup catcher would be the ninth place hitter. So it's the sore thumb that sticks out in the lineup. It's the, the obvious bad hitter. I gotcha. I like and the, that. and the sore, sore thumb, thumb, the sore thumb would be the one that get the game winning hit. So the, in like, yeah. And then that last 10, in that 10 game slide, lots of sore thumbs, um, were, were making you pay, uh, which, which is, is never, never good. Okay, and that's because you don't have a scouting report. You don't know what they're going to do. So maybe, yeah, you put Spalacy out in the next shootout. 
so that that'll be the sore thumb for the other team. Right? All right. Well, let's uh, let's ship that idea over to Brett and, and see Dear uh, Brett. I think he's on Twitter, right? I'll just I'll just DM him later. He was. I mean, Spalacy got what's some Spalacy on. I was a little surprised. I mean, he he's a senior and he got so not surprised there that he got ice time on senior night. But did you see that Jaycox didn't get didn't get uh, any ice time on senior night? A guy that's been there for four years or maybe even five. Can't remember. Uh, he didn't, he was benched on on senior night. Uh, you can tell his stock is is dipped quite a bit. Maybe he's injured. I don't know. But I was pretty surprised. Jay Cox was in the lineup on was su- he on Sunday on Saturday yeah okay I, I don't watched, think he played much I watched the game I, I never heard his name so I, I yeah, must... he had one he had one shot on goal jeez well uh, yeah I don't listen to me uh, this is uh, <laughs> episode two hundred and fifty four don't listen to me so just so... edit that edit that part out I'll edit that part I'm not gonna edit that part out that was that was radio gold. So let's switch over uh, Friday, uh, Colorado College, and just watching that game, I felt it was, I'm trying to think, did I go to Friday's game? I think, yeah, I went to, I actually went to Friday's really? game. I've only been to like two games this year, sadly, you know. Luxury, luxury box? Nope, this was, I, I went to the ticket office and said, yes, I'd like a ticket. They said, where do you want to sit? And I'm like, I don't really care. <laughs> like let's 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 I'm 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 gonna stand somewhere. <laughs> like, you kind of get to mingle around. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so it it was it was kind of weird because as I was sitting there, and maybe this will be on K fans' preposterous statements or whatnot, but it just it sounded weird as the skates were hitting the ice, and then I saw the puck kind of bouncing around. And I'm like, I think something's just weird with the ice. And then everybody kept slipping all over the place. I mean, there was one shift where, I don't know, like two or three players kept falling down. And I think even most of these tripping calls were all more a product of bad ice or just than actual trips. Because <laughs> it just, it, I don't know, it just sounded weird as I was, I was... I don't know. That's okay. kind of a weird aside to how the Huskies these, played, but these are the things that you pick up in the building rather than yeah. watching it from the house from your house. Uh, ice is slippery. These, <laughs> are, these are some of the big uh, takeaways these from actually like, watching the game. Person. I'm glad just... that you're that you're thinking of of possible explanations for the amounts of penalties called on the weekend. <laughs> I I can't just blame the referees, which is probably just well, the easier thing I can well, do. We can, we can. You know, all these tripping and hooking and just. Please um, give me give me something that I can review. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's uh, first and foremost. I kind of want to give a shout out to uh, Peart on on defense. I thought that was probably his best game that he played. And another thing that you pick up is just how good these college players are at catching passes. Um, I thought the Huskies passing, you know, any, any time, even the, the passes were in the skates or whatnot, it, they were able to find it onto the stick, you know, some, I, I thought they just did a great job with that. Okabe did a great job, especially catching and, uh, and throwing out passes, even though we didn't really, um, factor into the score sheet, but 
Um, again, it was it was another solid. I, I thought the defense played well. No glaring errors. Uh, Donahue benched on the power play, and we go three for six on the power play. And I know you can put an asterisk on it and say CC, uh, but at you know it's I, I thought they moved the puck around well. Um, and you know there were some some shot choices I wasn't really a fan of, especially we kept feeding Brodzinski onto the like Ovechkin side, and he kept you know I think he whiffed on it twice in a row. Um, but you know him able to get uh get on the score sheet, um, you know top of the slot there um able to get uh from henches who obviously was above and beyond i mean his two goals that he had were just absolutely beautiful um and uh uh meyer kind of starting it off uh you know overall i think just top to bottom it was just a solid game for the huskies what do you think yeah and and you said the caveat here is CC. I think that's important. I mean, they're, they're not a good team and it's a team that she should beat. So I, I, I'm, I was even just watching the games a little muted in my, uh, in my enthusiasm. Um, but you only play who's, who's in front of you in the schedule. They, they didn't, they didn't make the schedule. They just got to play the teams that are in front of them. And, and I think it's a good weekend to get your confidence back. Um, during and that tag, I, I got a lot of that from Huskies Twitter, um, you know, after the games and whatnot about, oh, we can only win at home, can't do it on the road, it doesn't matter, this team's going nowhere, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, you know, the big thing that I wanted everyone to kind of take away from this is we won, we looked good while winning, that's better than the alternative. <laughs> I mean, that's just what I think everything boils down to. Hockey's a, a a sport that momentum plays such a huge factor in. You go through like waves jazz. in, like in the season. Yeah, you, you go through waves, and see every team has has times where they're looking great, times when they they're not looking great. Uh, they have every. I mean, look at you know Denver lost a couple of games in a row. Michigan got swept this weekend. Uh, good teams get get swept. Good teams lay eggs for for games or multiple games. I mean, and so looking from my perspective, which I would still say is kind of pessimistic. I don't know if I'd go as or put it as bluntly as what your reporting of uh, of the online chatter is. Uh, I still don't see this team making a, a significant run into the in the NCAA's, um, but. But this sort of, I think, sort of stanched the wound, stopped the, uh, stopped the bleeding from this 10-game uh, slide that was previous to that. And so now, yeah, you'd lose one of those games like I was kind of thinking they might. Then I still think that they would have made the tournament, but you know, one and done is probably what I would have thought. Well, now you have the opportunity to, to move back up on that momentum, which... You don't need a lot. You don't need a long uh, lead up in your momentum. Look at Duluth's uh, their their title run from 2018. Barely got into the tournament by percentage points of the RPI. Losing that third place game in the NCHC tournament to to North Dakota. Thinking the season's uh, it's teams going nowhere, and then they rattle off four two to one wins and win a national title. 
Uh, I don't see that out of this St. Cloud team, but just to give the idea of you can be dead in the water <laughs> at the end of a conference tournament, you get that chip chair and a chance, and it's it's possible. And now I think and that that's Husk- very similar to Yale as well. Yale, I mean, nobody Providence Yale coming in. Yeah. So it's yeah, yeah it's totally it, it's certainly possible, and and so starting getting off the mat in advance of conference tournament, still in the regular season here for one more weekend, gives you the opportunity to build that that uh, you know uh, momentum going into the to the NCAA's. I thought that this team peaked kind of in October, uh, and that's never a good time to peak. You're looking at a team like uh, Minnesota, for instance. You know, people are writing that writing them off when their goalie left for the NHL. They're playing, you know, I think that's eight eight games in a row they've won. Matsko's still their coach, and you can make all the Matsko jokes and the Matsko in the NCAA tournament jokes as as you can and will. But they're certainly peaking at the right time, at the end of the season. And Oskies are not obviously on that wavelength of eight eight wins in a row, but they're starting, you know, two wins in a row here, two convincing wins against you know, a team you should beat. And now with an opportunity to, to uh, position yourself, possibly get a home ice uh, advantage in the playoffs, this is the, all these, all the runs start somewhere. And so yep. you, you got two run two wins here to maybe start one. And to your point too, about Minnesota is that, you know, their run of eight straight wins are teams they should beat. You know, it's, it, it's the lower pool of, of the big 10, you know, with, Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State, Wisconsin. Oh, Ohio State's decent. They're probably going to make the tournament. But uh, yeah, but your point is taken. And they did that without three guys that were at the Olympics too. Yeah. So it's I, again, like like I said, it's better than the alternative. So it's you know getting getting people back on the score sheet that have been missing. I mean, Brodzinski, I forgot to mention his three penalties his hat trick of penalties that he had against minnesota duluth um finally gets a goal scored um there on uh on 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 friday gets the monkey off of his back and has another solid game what what really blew my mind as well is you know after the goal he was involved in a in a scrum kind of behind the net and 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 brought Brodzinski just took it. He he just, he didn't swing back. He didn't retaliate. And I was just, I even made a mention. I was like, what is going on? Who is this guy? He scored and he didn't take a dumb penalty. Like this is, this is amazing. Yeah. And uh, I like the, that the power play again, gets his mojo back. He said three for six on Saturday, two for seven. Then on, on Saturday, lots of more, lots of more opportunities in the power play, because as we mentioned before, Wrap ton of penalties called, uh, and very tough to get a good game flow going on Saturday, uh, especially. A couple of those goals, the first two goals on Saturday, I thought from Vernon's perspective, bleeders, kind of, kind of dribblers, but St. Cloud will take them. Uh, and you know, Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald, I think was deflected off a CC defenseman. Yes, and I thought I was surprised to see that it was Fitzgerald because I thought that 
who did the shot come from? Was it Perbix? Um, yeah, so it must have been a tip yep. pretty low. Lutke getting on the score sheet on Saturday. Always nice to see his uh, yeah, his name, his his effort getting rewarded with points. You had mentioned, you know, Mietten and a bunch of assists this weekend. Um, you know, Micah Miller scoring. Hentges, getting back to him. Uh, I don't know if we want, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll spoil my, my player of the weekend, but it, it would be Hentges. Um want to just rave about him. And I thought that I, maybe both yeah, of us. The sponsored by Go Huskies Woo or the Go Huskies Woo player of the week. He also has Sam. Um, I've got Sam. I think it was an yeah. obvious choice, even though there were a lot of good people to pick from. But I mean, Sam was just a spark plug all weekend. Yeah, and I—I I mean, speaking personally, I don't know about you as well, but I—I I think I kind of downplayed his his absence at the Olympics, um, and I think that was incorrect of me. Obviously, hindsight being twenty twenty, when you ever you, you go, you know, one win in ten games, and and he's out for majority of those games, lots of things went wrong, uh, and it'd be nice to have any any piece you can uh, to to have avoided such a dry spell. But this is a weekend, and with other weekends, this is obviously not, not his only weekend where he's played this well. Uh, but Hentges is, of the forwards, he's the guy, he's the one, I think, that has got a legitimate NHL career possibility. Um, and he showed that this, this weekend uh, with, with his sort of, I mean, he's got a great shot. He's he's got those uh, that he's, he uses his size to his advantage. I think he's a great skater, even though that might not be uh, so evident because a lot of the goals he scores are aren't the fanciest kind of like we're, we're gonna burn a guy, you know, blow a guy's doors off on a on a on a rush type. He's not that kind of player, even though he has that kind of breakaway speed. Lots of his goals come down in that slot area, either with a great snipe or. Kind of like that goal he scored in the Olympics, where he's making a nice, a nice move down low and, and beating a, a goaltender from from close range. Uh, if this is the kind of, I mean, if we we see a sort of like an upper, like a, a next level Henches uh, in the next month, then yeah, we're talking about maybe that that run to the Frozen Four is possible. It, sometimes it it just takes that one sort of spark of an offensive player to uh to to do that so very uh glad to see to see him and a reminder again he's been not just the the gone at the olympics but you know injuries injured yeah. riddled through much of the first half of the season sometimes you can forget uh how good he can be and this was a good reminder of just how good he he is yeah you get you get him going you get you know, Brodzinski, you get Nolan Walker back, you know, again, Nolan Walker with the snipe, um, you know, in, into the net. From, it's a, from it's center. a snipe in the box score. <laughs> it's, it's a snipe. They, they don't ask how they ask how many, but you know, if you get some of these guys back at it and kind of get them rolling again, it's yeah, we can, we can be that dynamic team again. It is possible, and I know maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, but at the same time, that's what season is for. <laughs> it is for, you know, hopeless optimism. And I am optimistic about this team, and I think if we keep playing solid, fundamentally sound hockey over the weekends um, against Duluth, 
I, th- I think we're going to have uh, a, a real good shot at uh, kind of taking it to them and, and hopefully winning the series. And again, this team is so much better on home uh, than, than at the road. Now, I think a lot of that may be skewed because we have played teams like Miami and Wisconsin at home, whereas on the road we have, um, you know, played a, a little bit more of a, who was it, Denver, I think was our only away series. We didn't play Denver at home, right? That's correct. So, I mean, so, like, yeah, your record is going to be a lot better, and at, or better at home than on the road when you factor in some of those teams as well. But also... No, there's. I don't think there's a ton of, you know, teams where they're so much better on the road than they are at home. So, you know, those are are very rare. So it's, you know, if we got some work to do, obviously this weekend, um, to to get home ice, um, Omaha and Minnesota Duluth didn't do us any favors, um, on Friday, or should I say Denver didn't do us any favors on Friday. Um, which you know maybe is making me think rethink also the Omaha series. Maybe that wasn't too bad of a series as they were able to, um, you know, almost sweep uh, the Pioneers and probably should have if it wasn't for some lucky and boneheaded plays by Omaha. But it's you know huge 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 weekend obviously coming up. A team that we know very very much or a team that we're very very familiar with. So it's. I think we got the team to do it, and this is the time to show that we can win on the road. And that's uh, what I hope to really look for out of the Huskies this weekend. Yeah, and that's going to be. I mean, I would love to see. I would love to see it from the Huskies, from a bending perspective. Yeah, I, I, I just don't see the 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 road winning turned around here to the to the extent of of being able to win a regulation game and then go to overtime in a second game, which is what you need to do in order to get home ice. I'd love to see it. And Hey, Duluth dropped a game to Miami. You know, that's not a good result. And they're, like I said, they're not playing super hot hockey at this point. So maybe their dobbers down a little bit and you can capitalize. Uh, it's possible. What? Their what is down? Their their dauber is down. That's a, that's a phrase, I think. You can Google they're, it. They're, they're I don't know dob- what a I don't know what a dauber is, but um, that's I, the I think it's a coach on coach, isn't it? Was it that dauber? Uh, boy, I, I, I don't. Coach? I get the reference. I think that I think a dauber is something like horse related. Maybe it's a horse racing phrase of some sort. Not sure. But I, this might be a reconnoitering. Um, uh, thing, but I'm pretty sure that's a phrase. Their uh, moment, they, they, their momentum is not up, and St. Cloud, at least with this sweep of CCs, is so. Maybe you can use that to your advantage and and get this weekend, uh, get, get a favorable result, sweep them this weekend. Um, that would be great. Uh, and you know, losing that shootout, as it turned out. Not a huge swing. I mean, so if that wouldn't, if they would have won that. You're still, you're still. If you weren't going to win, even if you're going to win in in regulation, you would have been one point behind, uh, and you would, you were still going to need to win a majority of points in Duluth uh, to get home ice. You weren't going to go into Duluth with the up with a point advantage. I don't believe. Um, so, 
And it's almost, I, I like the fact that it's not like they, they have to win. They have to win two games here in order to, to win it. It's like, keep it simple as far as don't think that you have to do all this crazy math. And, oh, if we tie here and just keep it simple. Um, win two games, you get home ice. You, again, you can, there are tiebreaker scenarios, which we have read over. It's a little confusing and we're going to spare the listeners a lot of that confusion. But from what I can tell, uh, you need at least one regulation win and then you need to go to overtime in, in a second game. Uh, and at least, well, that would, that would do it. Um, four points to Duluth's two by getting a regulation win for St. Cloud. That would uh, force a tie between the two teams and then St. Cloud would win that tiebreaker and that they would finish in fourth place. St. Cloud actually still has an opportunity to finish in third, believe it or not. That would take a St. Cloud sweep and Western Michigan getting swept at home to Miami. So not a likely combination of results there. But third place is actually still in in a a very remote chance of that happening. St. Cloud can finish anywhere from third to sixth. And uh, so a lot on the line there. Um, Looking at the rest of the conference, North Dakota, Denver, and Western Michigan have all clinched home ice. Um, CC, Miami, and Omaha will all go on the road in the first round. But we don't know any seeds at this point. No seed has been locked into place. It's going to be either North Dakota or Denver at number one and two. Yeah. The, the order between those two is, is up for grabs. Three, three through six is kind of a blender. Um, and it's either going to be CC or Miami at the bottom two. We just don't know the order between those two. So, I mean, we, we kind of can grasp the, the general picture. I would put the percentages at. 75% chance you're going to get that St. Cloud is going to get Denver or is that is going to get Duluth in the first round. I had put it at 24.9% that you're going to get Western in the first round and then 0.1% you're going to get Omaha. There still is possibilities that you could play Omaha in the first round. Um, but most likely it's going to be Duluth back-to-back weekends here. And so be great to to play that that playoff series on home ice. Been saying this for a while now, kind of, we kind of knew we saw the situation. I don't know, middle of January, that it was between you know Duluth and St. Cloud, right, right in the middle there. Probably going to be a playoff series between those two. So, looking like that's going to be how it shakes out, but we'll never know until how the the games play out. And Western, like I said, it's possible they play them. Western's not. And talk about a team like a, like road teams. Well, it's tough to win on the road. Western's not that great of a road team. They they swept CC there earlier this month, but I think that's their only road wins uh, in, in conference. They've they've only beaten Miami and CC on the road this year. I mean, they got swept by North Dakota this last weekend pretty handily. Uh, Denver swept them earlier in the year out there. Um, you know, both uh, St. Cloud and Duluth. Um, beat them and then also went to overtime with them. So Western's had a, a, a tough go at it. Yeah, just uh, winning on the road gen- in general is a tough thing to do. Yeah. And St. Cloud's going to have to do that this weekend in order to, uh, to host the playoffs. Let's hope it happens. Yeah. So 
I'm not seeing anything of what exactly is a dauber. Uh, but yes, Dauber was uh, the assistant coach on on Coach. Oh, so, uh, oh, on the uh, the TV television shows. television show. Okay, I was, yeah. I was wondering. What did you think I was talking about? Oh, I just the I thought you were talking about an actual coach whose last name was was yes, uh, like a yes, in real yes, life. Coach but, Hayden Fox. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I didn't want, I only watched a couple of, I, I, I don't really know coach all that well. It was like the Minnesota fighting Eagles though, wasn't it? Or screaming Eagles. Maybe that was the yeah, fictional scre- team. Yeah. The scream Minnesota state screaming Eagles. Oh, it was Minnesota state. I think yeah, that was, was even Minnesota before, state. before Mankato kind of made it. Yeah. That was uh, before change. Yeah, exactly. Um, if you were to guess how many seasons coach went, uh, I'll go seven. I'll go seven. Nine. Nine. Nine seasons. Nine, nine times. times of seasons. Nine times. Nine times. 200 episodes of Coach. That's a lot. Craig T. Nelson, right? Yeah. I wonder, I wonder, if, there's a, I wonder if there's a podcast that goes through <laughs> Cap's old episodes of Coach. Do you want to start that? Should we do that in the offseason? Should we just start watching Coach? Yeah, we got to we we've got to have some content uh, in <laughs> in the off content. months. Yeah. So, I mean, that's yeah. I'm I'm happy you kind of went through or you read some of those tiebreak scenarios, and it's like some of these tiebreak scenarios against Minnesota Duluth. I I've been spinning my head trying to figure it out and i've decided just to kind of give up on it until friday after that game and then just kind of see where everything fell after that maybe we can ask jim rich what the uh what the what the format is jim rich needs to get like just a spreadsheet of everything i mean all of the points of of what you know who gets what in overtime we ranted after the minnesota debacle which was the first overtime game of the year. We ranted about how confusing it is and how bad for college hockey the the current overtime format is. But we figured it out after one game what the what the format was. It's really not that tough. I mean, it's, it's not once after regulation then that each team gets one point and if you win the 3 on 3 or if you win the shootout you get an extra point. But he, I mean, he did this the first time they played Duluth, where he's like, "Overtime, whoever wins here gets all three points." Like, nope, that's incorrect information, Jim. Uh, and it's really it shouldn't be that difficult for the uh, and at the same for time, the broadcaster. Somebody's got to correct them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, like that's the thing. And maybe it's because it's a student. You know, maybe the producer is not like, "I'm not going to correct Jim Rich." Well, <laughs> so I'm just I'm. Disappointed. Another way I wanted to change the mojo was to throw it back to my old boys, uh, KVSC. I realized why I went off that, though. It was somewhere, I don't know, the Western Michigan, like a while ago, I think it was like when they played Western Michigan. Their feed was ahead of the video feed, which is a, I, I, I can't do anything to sync that up. If it's the other way, if it's, if it's the uh, video is ahead of the radio, I can pause the video until you know for 15 seconds or whatever it is for it to uh to speed or to to match up the audio and the video 
but I can't do that with the radio. I can't pause the radio. You know what I mean? Because I'm just okay, streaming it yeah. from my phone. So that I, 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 it's a no go, and it's like I frustrated because I really don't like Rich and Micheletti at all, and I like those guys at KVSC a lot better. So what, did, what, what were your thoughts on Gino on Tuesday? Uh, he's better than Micheletti, but that's not high praise. Um, but <laughs> I, I like all right. I liked I like Gino's. I mean he. I mean he's 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 Gino Parish, so he's gonna have. Um. He's going to be a little bit more colorful and a little bit more, I don't want to say animated because Micheletti's animated in kind of a different way, <laughs> but he's just going to have kind of a, a better perspective, I think about the game and, and whatnot. So it's, I, I really enjoyed Gino, Gino on the, he's at, the at least so. he's a Husky, you know, can't say that about Micheletti. No, that's true. Uh, and, so at, at least he, he, it comes from a real place like his fandom. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought Parrish was fine, and I like a little Homerism in the color guy to an extent. I remember years ago there was a Duluth, it was just absolutely nails on the chalkboard. The color guy for Duluth, where you know back when they didn't have HD, it was just <laughs> absolutely so like atrocious. two years ago. Yeah, I was gonna say two years ago, <laughs> it was absolutely atrocious to listen to because it was like. Everything was. Why wasn't that a penalty on that team? Oh well, the guy they have now does the same damn thing. They're it, they've never had very good announcers. Uh, I was turned up to eleven. So um yeah, any kind of last words? I know we were kind of a little bit all over the place. Um, any last words? Any more praise? Really, we can kind of dish out. Um, just going through. You know that 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 third period on. You know, I, I didn't want to start clenching, <laughs> but, um, you know, when Colorado College kind of popped in, too, uh, in very short order there on uh, on Saturday, it was just like, don't, don't, don't do this. Don't, don't, don't let this one get away now. Oh, I think um, then they got a, they got a power play right after that, too. Yep. Yeah, and then, then uh, Hentges scored on that. So then it was, that was like, okay, I can breathe easy. Yeah, uh, that second goal from Renek was was not good, but, but like I said, Vernon gave up a couple of bleeders himself. So eh, yeah, the goaltending was not top notch the weekend, but that is uh, that's behind us now. Yeah, on to Hench- Duluth. Henches, um, you know, like I said, our players of the week across the board. I mean, right now, ten goals, nine assists. 19 points in 15 games played six of them on the power play. So, I mean, that definitely helps their 18%, 90% shot percentage. It's, I mean, yeah, like you said, he's it. We have a different forward lineup when he's in there and when he's on his game, he's really one of the best in the conference. So kind of going around, um, really college hockey in general. Um, and, you know, some of the other uh, team or some of the other conferences are getting ready for the tournament time here. Um, like, like we talked a little bit about Minnesota, how they kind of snuck up, and you know, with Michigan faltering there, they were able to sneak that Big Ten t- uh, regular season title away. So that was um, a little bit of a surprise, and you know that they were able to 
kind of take care of business there. Uh, and then you got, you know, out east, you got a lot of a lot of them starting out in those conferences, you know, um, with, you know, 12 or so teams or whatnot. A lot of their, you know, top teams get by. So you got a little bit of whole-hum series out there. But anything kind of catching your eye here uh, this weekend that's not NCHC-related? couple, yeah. So Big Ten, uh, going back to a bit of ours, a season-long bit, with Minnesota waxing the Badgers. <laughs> that brings Wisconsin to nine wins. Oh, there we go. Uh, coming into a series now at Notre Dame. Who actually, they've beaten at least once, maybe twice in the season. But we said at the time after St. Cloud beat uh, Wisconsin, after they waxed Wisconsin in late uh, October, said it was going to be a struggle to 10 wins. I think we've already won that prediction because it's been a struggle to nine wins. Do they get to 10 by uh, in this series against Notre Dame? Uh, I mean, probably. I don't think they're going to win one of these games. Notre Dame's playing pretty, pretty good right now. They're coming off that sweep of Michigan. Coming off that sweep. I think there's might be a little bit of a letdown um, coming off there. It's, I don't know. It's Wisconsin. It's Notre Dame. I've I've never put either program, or I, I was gonna say I never put either program on too high of a pedestal, but you know, obviously in early two thousands, wow. Wisconsin was early to mid two thousands. Yeah, that's they, they, they were like five five or six national titles. That's that's a hot take. Yeah, but I it, like it. I it, like it. It's again, it's more of their style of play, and it's more of the, the shut them down, boring, then counterattack type, and kind of stack everyone in front of Brian Elliott. That ticked me off, and Rumple throwing a oh. stick and <laughs> at Husky. Those players. are some gross, gross teams. That that O six team. So that was like that was like the height of the trap era too. Yeah. I mean, just hockey in general. I mean. NHL took a season off because of that. Mm-hmm. And so that, that was they were the perfect team to, to have won a national title in that year. But yeah, I, I didn't realize they got shut out all weekend last weekend, five, nothing yeah. and eight, nothing. That was, and that was mid February. That was only you know, two weeks yeah, just ago, a couple so. weeks ago, so, but we'll see um, uh, if, if they can get to double digit wins. The main thing is, like you said, we're right. It was a struggle we, for them to right. get double digit wins, and and, and, and we're counting over struggle. we're counting overtime wins uh, in, yep. in that. So I mean, even some of those are asterisk worthy. So yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, they're we two can, and two in overtime. We can we can wrap a bow or tie a bow on that bit next weekend once we uh, once we know whether or not they they got to ten. Uh, as far as we're so CC, good at predictions. Well, here, here's I'll give you another one right now. CCHA playoff starting Minnesota State top seed. They won. I don't know if they're well. They're not in the WCHA anymore. I don't know if they're giving away the McNaughton still. Maybe they transferred yep. that trophy over. Are they? So, yep. okay. The McNaughton Cup technically is owned by by Tech. Michigan Tech. Yep. So they just brought it over to the new. So they I just brought it over. To what the was CCHA. the? I mean, is this an? Is this technically the old? The old CCA, I'm like, because they had, I think it was the Mason Cup. I think that was their postseason tournament or postseason uh, trophy. I wonder if that is, if they're still, if they got that off uh, out of mothballs <laughs> or if they have come up with a new tournament champion uh, trophy. But anyway, so Minnesota State wins that conference easily. 
They're going to be playing St. Thomas in the first round. I, I made a tweet. Uh, what did I say? Uh, man, it was such a good tweet, too. I'm, I'm so good on Twitter, guys. It, it was like, if you would have given me a million to one odds in, 20 years ago that CCHA commissioner Don Lucio would be given the McNaughton <laughs> Cup out to Minnesota State, to man, who's, who's won five straight regular season titles, I wouldn't have wasted the dollar. I wonder if uh, Grandpa Tony drove it over in his van. Yeah, right? In uh, his minivan. To- were they playing Northern Michigan that weekend? I wonder. But so here's here's my question for you with Mankato playing St. Thomas. I'm gonna set the over under of margin of victory for these two games at twelve and a half. Over or under? So combine the scores. This is like uh, the '80s uh, NCAA uh, two game combined series, uh, two game combined score fashion. Okay, you're saying Did 12 they, and a half? 12 and a half is the combined march. So, like, the Gophers this weekend won 5 nothing, 8 nothing. That would be a 13-goal margin yeah. of victory. Yeah. So, is I, Mankato going to be gonna, uh, more uh, over or under 12 under. and a half margin under. of victory? Really? Under. Okay. 12, I think take, 12 and a half is, is too. I mean, that's like, what? Like, a 6-1, 6-1, and you're still... Well, like, or, like I said, Gophers versus... Michigan or Wisconsin would have been eight nothing, five nothing, which I think those would be viable scores for Mankato St. Thomas. Let, so you're gonna take the under, I'll take nope, the over. I'm, let's I'm let's put a pin under. in that. I think I think that's I think that's just I think that's too many. Playoff hockey, it, it, it's it, it's so tough to beat a team twice in a row in the playoffs. So you're going you that were, route. If you give us if you give me nine and a half or eight and a half, I would have I would have had to. Think I thought I was being. I thought I was being a little conservative. Twelve and, and, a, 12 half. and a half. Twelve. We'll, we'll see what they're. Let's see what they're. Okay, so this is their season series this year: nine nothing, five nothing, uh, five to one, and seven to one. So in one of those weekends they were fourteen, and in one of those weekends they were eleven. So it's I'm kind of splitting the difference there. So uh, we'll. Uh, fair as far as the other series, that's probably the best. All this series talk about to, uh, how I'm saying that you're giving way too much, and it, it'll be it'll be a 12 goal margin. And see, see, yeah, was right. <laughs> <laughs> when it really doesn't actually prove my point. I would say uh, I'm gonna for as far as I mean, you had mentioned ECAC, Atlantic Hockey, EC. Uh, I guess those two, they're we're kind of going through the lower seeds this this weekend. So there's not a ton of compelling matchups in these uh, early round playoff uh, series. CCHA probably has the best of the bunch, just based on the fact that it's the entire eight teams in the tournament. I'm gonna pick. I, I don't. Uh, Minnesota State obviously will will breeze versus St. Thomas. Tech shouldn't have a problem with Ferris State. Northern Michigan and, and Lake Superior should probably be a decent series. I don't really have a dog in that fight. But I'm going to go with Bowling Green upsetting Bemidji. I'm going to call that as my upset special in the CCHA. Bemidji has not been impressive of late. Neither has Bowling Green, really. But I'm going to pick that to be special. And they've split, I believe, the season series. I think oh, you're right. Bowling Green won, won one of them in overtime. 
Uh, ECAC, as you mentioned, uh, the top four seeds have buys. I just wanted to mention uh, Quinnipiac, who, who won the regular season title this weekend. Uh, lost lost one nothing to Cornell, but then beat Colgate 4 nothing. That Saturday shutout was their 16th shutout this season. Jeez. Which is just insane. Their starter, this uh, Parrots, has 12 shutouts. His goals against is under one. Their backup goalie has four shutouts. To put that in perspective, Renek has two shutouts this year. Obviously, Quinnipiac's schedule is, is pretty rough. But 16 shutouts, I had to look back as far as how long back do we have to go for to count up 16 St. Cloud State shutouts. Shutout oh, victories. Wow. 16? Did you do it? or I did. I you did. did it. Am I guessing the goalie? Or Guess the year. Guess the, the year. The year that it started. The season that would have started. 16. 16-17? Um, so that, no, that I'm, season? I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking... 16 shutouts. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, then I got to factor who the goalie is, and then... It it was not as far back as I thought it would be. Oh, yeah? I'm still going to go with my original guess, then. I would I would say 17-18. So you correct. Okay. I, I would have I would have gone... I thought it was like, maybe it like spans the entire NCHC era. But it basically spans Renak's career. Even though four, four, and they've had exactly sixteen shutouts since the start of the seventeen eighteen season, which is which was Renak's first year, but uh, Jeff Smith got four of those shutouts. So in, in Renak's entire five year career, he's had twelve shutouts. He's had twelve in less than one full season. This Quinnipiac goalie has twelve shutouts, and he's probably gonna get more because because they're gonna play like St. Lawrence is like the best team they could play in their first round series. Going to get at least one shutout there. So I would say, and this guy I believe is a freshman, uh, Dryden McKay, objects in your mirror right. may appear closer than, or are closer than they appear. So I did want to mention that uh, for Quinnipiac, uh, even though they have this weekend off, as we mentioned, the top seeds there get, uh, get a bye week. As far as just the, uh, I don't know if we mentioned in the NCHC, uh, so North he's Dakota. had their their starting goalie has had four hundred twenty saves this season. Played twenty five games. Oh yeah, a lot of these games are ten shot. These are McKay specials. 10, yeah, 15 shots. Shutouts. Sixteen point eight saves a game. Yeah, and right now, if the season ended, St. Cloud and Quinnipiac, they're the eight and nine right now. So Quinnipiac's a team that St. Cloud could play in the tournament and it's another season. I mean, this was the first, this was the year that St. Cloud played him in the frozen four. That whole season was kind of Quinnipiac's this paper tiger. They didn't play anybody in the season, kind of a, a lack of respect for Quinnipiac. Same kind of stuff happening this year. Whereas uh, a lot of people are putting throwing doubt be just based on the fact that ECAC is so bad this year, which I, I think is true. Um, but I don't think they're going to be an easy TI. They're going to be a tough team to play in any round. And I don't know if I'd want to see them in the first round. So 
And I don't think, I mean, ECAC teams with St. Cloud, it's like they don't seem to match up very well uh, against those teams. Different style of play, uh, a little more defensive oriented, not the favorite style of play for St. Cloud. So they're three and they're three and three in their last six, and two of them were one nothing losses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're, I mean, their offense, I mean, they've, they've had a couple of, of, nine nothing wins against Princeton or they've had some routes, but when when it comes to the kind of the tough uh competition, yeah, they can struggle to score goals too, but generally when it comes to tournament time it's it's the the defense is what's gonna win you the game. So they'd be a tough team to play. They'd be a tough draw. Um but we shall see how that uh how all the uh, pairwise shakes out and all that. But yeah, I did want to mention the NCHC that uh, North Dakota closing in on uh, on the Penrose, which I would say is a surprise. That's we got to go. I, I got to go back to our first episode when we picked him. I I think we picked him like fourth or fifth. Yeah, um, in that range. Yeah, I did. I did not pick them for in the. I and I know the, you're. And this North, is going to be North like North Dakota did their thing that they do that they used to do all the time in the WCHA where they have like a mediocre 500 ish first half of the season. Everyone bites them off. And then the second half, I mean, that was like the Hackstall special. You can order that every year. And I know that you're, this is going to be like how, when you talk up how good you think Omaha is. And I'm like, eh, I know that you hate North Dakota. And I, and I know that, I mean, I me do. gushing about North Dakota is going to make you puke, but I got to say, I got to give it to Barry no, uh, you don't. and, and North Dakota is that, yeah, I, I, uh, did not see this coming from them. I think I was on the fence about Barry himself, uh, you know, after he wins his, the national title his first year, um, they kind of went into a drought, didn't make the tournament for a couple of years, which is, you know, Fireworthy in Grand Forks, and at that point, it's like, yeah, I'm not sure if this was the the best hire. I think he's earned he's earned my respect uh, over the last few years, re- rebuilding the team to uh, to the powerhouse kind of status, being the number one seed last year, and would have been, you know, right up there uh, in the COVID shortened season. And then this year, as we said, they lost a bunch of guys uh, in the off season, bringing in bringing in some transfers, and and even with and facing adversity within the season, like you said, people were writing them off at several times in the season. That that yeah. Cornell series, the eight to one uh, drubbing at the hands of St. Cloud, we we thought that Driscoll was kind of done. Well, he's turned it around, and it's kind of turned into the goalie that we thought they were going to get. Uh, in the off season, and they haven't clinched it yet. They're uh, but just one win in Omaha will will clinch it for them this coming weekend, or even I think a overtime result will. They're up by four uh, points over Denver, so likely that they're going to win the Penrose. Um, and so I did did want to mention that. And yeah, as as you said, I did watch that uh, that Omaha. Denver game that was sort of the only game going on at the third period after the Huskies game had ended and yeah Omaha was like kind of like boy maybe I have to give them some credit here because a sweep against Denver did not see that coming at all 
Um, and up to nothing, basically halfway through the game. But then they, uh, as you said, uh, shot, them, shot themselves in the foot with some bad penalties late in the game. And, and it was not to be. And, and Denver winning a game that, uh, you know, that Denver tends to win uh, and that Omaha tends to lose as well. We'll see how they respond uh, against North Dakota this weekend. Carter said they in the third draws a penalty, and I when I tweeted it, I put draws in quotation marks because I think he did a little bit of. I think he went down a little bit easy. Was that the five minute major or? Well, I can't. I don't remember that that call. Oh, that was the call just before Carter Savoy scored on the ensuing power play. I I just it was kind of it was behind the net, and I mean there was that. Oh yeah 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 yeah. I yeah, I was thinking I was I was thinking the uh, go ahead goal, no. which no, just that was Benning's. That was yeah. set up by Omaha oh. taking a too too many men penalty. Too many men, yeah. And then right after that, taking a five minute major. So it was, I think actually the, the game winning goal was right after one of the, the the first penalty ended. So it wasn't technically a five on three, but the guy hadn't returned to the play at that point. So essentially, it was a two man advantage goal. And then, yeah, meltdown after that, giving up a couple more. So uh, Denver still has that chance to to win the win the Penrose, but and they have CC this weekend, which you you have to expect them to to handle them. But I would expect North Dakota to to win at least one in in Omaha. But yeah, we shall see. Uh, yeah, this uh, I I will say, like just uh, checking the scores as I was doing this weekend, and and then looking at the the standings and the possibilities of playoff positioning and then pairwise. I love this time of year, this, <laughs> this uh, conference tournament uh, push. And then the, obviously the NCAAs. Uh, this is, uh, this is why I do this podcast and, and it's why I love the sport. Uh, I, f- and- I feel like this is also, we haven't, I don't think the Huskies have really been in a situation like this very often lately i mean it feels like we've either been in or we've been out we haven't really been a bubble team very often over the past i don't know quite a while i would assume and even now we're on a very good side of the bubble but i would still consider us i'm still watching everything and i'm still scoreboard watching way more than i would if you know we were you know solidified a top force four team so yeah, that's that CHN uh, probability calculator has St. Cloud's chances of making the NCAAs at 99.8%. That's running through tens of thousands of simulations. Um, so for those who still think it's possible for the Huskies to crap out of the tournament completely, very, very, very slim possibility of that. And there is a possibility, but a very slim one. Uh, and... And at least with these wins against CC, that that erased any possibility of St. Cloud's chance of of giving Michigan Wisconsining Wisconsin. of Wisconsining out. So that's only up to Duluth to do that at this point. Again, would love to see that, <laughs> but yeah, it's just a fun time of year, and I'm looking forward to uh, just the next month. Uh, you know, five weeks. Uh, a couple of questions. Uh, First off, with the uh, potential series, um, you know, or with the uh, series here for SESU and 
in, in Duluth. Number of beers drank for the average consumer uh, there over at Amsoil and maybe Amsoil or National Hockey Center the week after. I would say two and a half. I think the average of age adult would consume. Are we doing the over under there? <laughs> does uh, does Amsoil? It's been a while since I've been there. Do they allow? Oh, that's true. Drinks at in your seat because remember when I was there, you could only do it at one little part of the yeah of the arena. I'm pretty sure that's still the case. Because um, that that puts a crimp to you. I would I would probably take the true. under. Yeah, then if that was still under. the case. Yeah, that's, but I forgot about that or the curling club you can get into, but. Yeah, not having it. Let's just, you know, it's going to say we should just do it like for the weekend in general. Yeah. Uh, we'd have to do a lot more than two and a half. Uh, as set <laughs> Well, the, especially uh, especially if you're counting, you know, going to, you know, the grandma's or whatnot yeah. before or after. And that's, I saw someone get arrested at grandma's, the sports garden, when I went there, you know, a few years ago. Well, that's, that, that's what they call Saturday <laughs> up in Duluth. I mean, it was it was, it was a Saturday, so it was. Um, you know, wh- one really good question here uh, by Dunkel. Um, you know, kind of when you when you think of what Saint Cloud needs to do here um, that we haven't been doing over the last you know four to six weeks to make a similar run that we made last year. First off, do you think it's possible that we we can make that run? And okay, do you think it's probable that we'll make a run similar to that? I guess when I say that, so winning, let's say frozen four. Uh, I, I, okay. I would say, I would maybe. say, I would, I would classify a run as a frozen four appearance. A frozen four. I don't think, I don't think one win does it. Fine. The, yeah, I, I, I think you're right there. So frozen four appearance. What? is kind of the key thing that needs to happen that hasn't been happening, you know, really since the Miami series defense and maybe Renak turns back into his October self or his self from the run from last year, last year's regional. He wasn't great against Mankato even, but in the regional, he was very good against the Boston teams. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I'm less lo- confident about that aspect of it just how his season has wish it would be flipped even though i'm sure that would have meant more losses in october if he was playing yeah. like he is now back then but yeah, would have been. talking about that momentum swing you know having him go on the on the way up going into the postseason and like i said there's still time if they he can have a great weekend this weekend and that can vault him into home ice and beat they beat Duluth, and then Duluth gets Wisconsin out, and then they win the NCHC tournament. So it's possible. Is it likely? Uh, I wouldn't bet on it. Sure. Uh, I still don't see a run. As, as we're defining it, a Frozen Four appearance, I'm not seeing that out of the team. But I just think it's I so didn't, much to I, do with matchups. So, I yeah. mean, I, I think they, they were put in a very favorable bracket. And I think that's what you need to make a run is a favorable bracket. And that's not, they don't really have much control over that. Yep. I mean, they have control about how well they play on defense and Renek has control about how well he plays to, to some extent. Sometimes it's the opponent you're playing is just better, but you didn't have any, uh, you didn't have any control over the fact that BU is probably wildly overrated last year and got into the tournament and BC was probably a high 
they were probably higher than they should have been uh, as well. Um, but this is a team that, that you know, Mankato is a legit opponent, and, and, they, and they were able to beat them. So a lot of that is, uh, you know, it's where are you playing it? Did they have a, a Demi Lovato concert in there the night before so the ice is all crappy? Um, there's those sort of um, uh, intangibles that can play a, a big effect as well. Yeah, you don't have any uh, control over those kind of things. I'm just worried about the things they can control. And and I don't think there's, there's less, there's less uh, needs to fix on the offensive side, even though that can let you down as well. But just knowing that y- you can win you can win a, t- a tournament as a lower seed by winning sort of low scoring games. Defense is, is what gets you far. And I think that, I mean, thinking back from to last year, remember how, how much more defensive they did play. It's almost, they, they kind of changed their game plan to a much more of a trapping style in the tournament. It kind of annoyed me. Um, but I think that's Larson kind of, I mean, with his experience, behind the loose bench for that first run of theirs or that 2018 title, at least was he there also in the 2011 season? I know he, he was there at some point and then came back. Um, but he knows what it, what it takes, uh, to, to win a title. And I was kind of surprised that they thought that they needed to, to have that much of a wholesale change of their approach. Um, especially in the frozen four, I thought, but, uh, I hope they don't overthink. I think because I thought I was a little overthinking it. Um, but just in general, I think a tighter defensive uh, play is is going to be a better recipe for success than you know hoping for six to four games. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna accuse them of overthinking of it when they made it to the championship game. <laughs> that was probably the right call on their part. Yeah, I just remember that even the guys on ESPN, which I'm not gonna say how they you know that they did a great job, but it was the first five or 10 minutes of that Mankato game. And they, they had a shot of, boy, look at this trap that St. Cloud's playing. It was like a one, nothing game at that point. It's like, yeah, if you're thinking about trapping down right now and trying to win a one, nothing game here against Mankato for the next 45 minutes or whatever it was, you're, you're not going to win. That's like yeah. playing a prevent defense almost. So that's, that's what I remember. And they tried to do the same thing against, Against UMass, I think too, they got burned by that quickly. Yeah. So uh, I didn't. Yeah, I thought the the Frozen Four. Well, it started with the BC game. Once once they got up three to one on them, and if you remember that last period or period and a half, even they're they were playing a trap, but they're also they were like our uh, Omaha guy playing like a two one two four check, <laughs> um, and they had like this kind of an aggressive two guy four check. Uh, attack plus sort of the going it up in the neutral zone and it worked like a charm. That was the best sort of defensive game that I think the Larson teams ever played. And I think they sort of got, they fell in love with that. And they're like, we have to copy and paste that from here on out. And they were lucky to beat Mankato, I thought. And then they just got slaughtered by UMass. So uh, I, I understand you have to change it up a little bit in the, in the, in the playoffs, but to the extent that they they did, I thought that was that that didn't uh, help them to some extent. So, but yeah, I'm I'm just looking forward to it. I I hope that they can yeah get that favorable draw as you said and 
just that they're playing well going into the tournament. Uh, last year, you know, had that. It was a frustrating loss against North Dakota in the NCHC title game. But they played really well in that game, I thought. And, and going, you know, I had beaten Duluth going into that game. So even though they weren't on a winning streak going into the tournament, I thought they were playing their best hockey of the year. And that's important going into, uh, going into the NCAAs. Yeah. And, you know, when you say defense, I'm even going to nail it down a little bit more specifically to not only just defense, but just eliminating defensive turnovers. I mean, it's, it, it just seems like that's where we get burned the most is just, you know, when we try some kind of fancy stretch pass or whatnot, instead of the simple type of play and all of a sudden, you know, the puck goes in the other way and it's behind Renick. So eliminating those, um, you know, it's, it should be step one. And I think once that happens, you know, if that does happen and, I think we're going to be a very tough team to beat. Um, and I hope that just continues on um, as we play Duluth this weekend. Um, is St. Cloud still the suckiest sucked that ever sucked? Um, <laughs> so that was, uh, I don't that know. Many, big... I don't know many Simpsons references, but I do know that one. Who uh, was that like a troll? Is that like a non St. Cloud fan or. Oh, he's a big St. Cloud fan. But oh, good. It, it's it just, was just, it was a little bit of a tongue, just a tongue in cheek. I think he just wanted, I think, I think Euro just wanted to throw in a ah, Simpsons reference yeah. right there. There you go. There you go. I, I, I know Euro. Hal asked what this team looks like for next year. And to tell you the truth, I don't really know. And I'm a little bit also still confused with eligibility among COVID and whatnot. Um, Obviously, on senior night, we were honoring a lot of seniors, so there's a lot, um, you know, we're going to be losing in, in that instance. But, um, you know, we'll we'll save that. Uh, we'll put a pin in that, I think, for, you know, once the season concludes uh, to to see what's kind of on the horizon. Yeah. I mean, as you said, it's the guys, there are guys that could come back for a fifth year. The guys that we definitely know are gone, Renak, uh, Fitzgerald, Rodzinski, Donahue, there's probably a couple of others that I'm forgetting. Those for sure. So it's gonna it's a transitional year, I think, because this is a five year run of Renak basically being the start of the entire time. That era mm-hmm. is gonna be done. And I'm not sure I'm not a huge on Caster. I'm not a huge Renek fan, uh, but I'm not sure if Caster is the answer either. And it doesn't seem like they have a guy in the pipeline. Um I know that Mick Hatton uh, lists uh, St. Cloud recruits and how they're doing uh, in his uh, write-ups on the rink live. And he only lists one goalie there and he's not having a good season in the uh, USHL. And so I don't know if they're going to run with this Lamaru and caster they have uh, or bring in a transfer guy. I mean, that it almost kind of screams uh transfer situation uh, if, if you want something like that. And as far as the other incoming guys, just based on what I've seen from McHatton, uh, this Adam Ingram seems to be their top uh, prospect coming in. Some draft uh, projections have him in the first round. Most have him in the second or the third. But he's having a great year in the USHL right now. Things at Youngstown. Canadian kid. Uh, but uh, high-scoring forward. And so he seems to be the hypiest uh, recruit currently in the system. I'm looking forward to seeing him. 
assuming he's coming in next year. Um, but yeah, I, it's not my biggest. I know there's other Husky fans that are really into recruits. It's certainly not my uh, area of expertise. And once we kind of know who's gone, not only from graduate, you know, guys graduating, but there might be some pro, you know, turning pro. Uh, and then there might be uh, how active they are in the transfer portal. And that's going to be interesting because I think that, uh, that you have been sort of on that train of should have been more active this year. And I think you're right. Uh, based on the results that we got this year, and some just so many games of lacking that finishing touch from a scoring standpoint. And then I would not be surprised if they are active in the transfer portal on the goaltending side as well. Uh, so once we know all the pieces in place, then we can sort of speculate, but it's tough to do uh, without knowing who's gone and who's coming in. Uh, the last one, um, friend of the show, uh, Dan Jacobson asked me, uh, why is Bo Burnham's inside so good? And, um, yeah, I thought that definitely got snubbed, um, come award season. Uh, but it, I absolutely love, I, I mean, I love Bo Burnham's comedy in general. Um, I don't know if you've watched or really know I've, of Bo Burnham. I know, I know of him. I've, I've, I, I can picture him, but and he does like a lot of the parody songs, right? Yeah, okay. I, I so his, I know the bit. I just yeah, I'm not huge. I I don't know all of them like really. Yeah. By and his stand up also like encompasses more of a concert feel too. So he really okay. kind of does a unique blend of the immersiveness of a concert also mixed in with the funny songs that he does. He's like um, Richard Cheese. Yes, more more funny though. Like his songs are just jokes. You calling Richard Cheese not funny? I'm I'm saying that he does the swing version of Stairway to Heaven, and that's funny. But I think it's not a joke. <laughs> okay, I, I I understand. So, um, but I mean the fact that Bo Burnham did the whole thing in you know when COVID lockdown hit in his own room, like did all the lighting and everything, and I just thought everything was so meticulous and so well done uh, edited you know just the production some of the bits i thought were also incredibly funny uh but then you know he does some songs welcome to the internet i think is just a brilliant song just absolutely hilarious i can't gush more about if if you haven't watched it i, I think it's absolutely remarkable um it's a good mix of you know, things aren't well, but I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> kind of. It's 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 really unique how everything is done. Absolutely I love it. I might have to check that out. Thanks for yep. the recommendation. You definitely should. Let me know. Let me know. You how about this? That's your homework, and then you can give me a review. What what did you think of it? Sure. Where can I get this? Okay. Is this Netflix. is this uh Okay. I don't have Netflix, but I can work around it. So I'll uh, I'll I'll get back to you. Perfect. I'm not a Netflix subscriber. I haven't been for about five years, but there's there's other there's ways. There there there's other ways. So, um, well, uh, that about does it uh, for the, for this episode. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in, uh, and we'll be uh, back next week as uh, hopefully we recap a sweep. Um, 
you know, yes. if you give a prediction right now, uh, what do you what do you think happens this weekend? Do you want my ducky and bunny, or do you want my realistic? Nope, realistic, realistic. What, what do you got? I think they're I think they're gonna split. Yeah, four I'm, to two win, two to one loss. Yeah, I'm actually kind of on that same boat. Maybe even optimistic that we're gonna split, but. But how about four to two win and two to one loss in overtime, which would give the St. Cloud all mice. There we go. Ending on a high note. And end on a high note. And end duck and bunny as as, as you say. So perfect. Uh well, uh thank thanks again, uh everybody. Uh, reach out to me at more clappers uh for uh anything uh that, that you need. You can also email us. Andrew, what's the email again? That's right. That's uh, Huskies Hockey Podcast at gmail.com. Perfect. Sounds good. Uh, until next time, go Huskies. Woo! Woo!